0: I think it's important tonight, as we begin uh, our lesson, is to look a little bit at the Hebrew language. Uh, I am, uh, I got my degree in foreign languages, and uh, I know enough Hebrew uh, to get a knish and some other meals. Uh, But it's important to understand this psalm, Psalm 119, because it's a Hebrew poem It is written in a specific way, it's written for a specific purpose, and the alphabet is very important. It's not like our alphabet, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but I hope you all uh, follow the assignment, and uh, who would like to stand up and recite the Hebrew alphabet with jots and tittles and everything? Nobody? Okay. Okay did everyone read psalm 119 that's an important question because it's a long text isn't it and it seems like it's confused and it seems like it's all juggled up and repetitive and it goes back and forth but we're going to see tonight uh, that it doesn't it's very well calculated by the holy spirit and for a reason and the reason it's written uh, in this way uh, is it forms an easy way to memorize. Now, those of you who grew up speaking English, I think that may be everybody here, uh, but you learned how to recite poetry, didn't you? And when you recited simple things, uh, you could remember them. Our poems rhyme. A boy stood on the burning back deck eating peanuts by the peck, etc., etc. And uh, so we can understand that for them, as we said in our in the beginning, the Psalms were used for teaching purposes, not only to sing psalms and hymns in which we teach, but also to go back and teach the people about God. And this particular Psalm is solely about God's word. And it's written in the way that they could remember by using their alphabet, because you see their alphabet is a typical Asian alphabet ours A, B, and C represent sounds the Hebrew represents pictures things that are in our mind Aleph Aleph means ox and so the original uh, glyph or the original character of Aleph looked like an ox seen from above my favorite one Gimel Gimel. What does gimel sound like? What animal does gimel sound like that you see in the Middle East? Huh? Camel. And when you see it written, it has the hump and the neck. And so these pictures not only, are these letters not only were pictures, but they had meaning to them. And we're going to see that in just a little bit. But it also served as a structural message in instruction. And Psalms one nineteen is not the only uh, text in the Scripture uh, that is written this way. Now, Psalms is uh, Psalm one nineteen is written with twenty two stanzas. Why twenty two? That's the number of the al- of characters in the alphabet, and each stanza has eight lines. So that's easy for them to remember. We remember. Uh, In English, maybe we say ABC, we could make uh, a poem, uh, always believe in God because he is God, continue to serve him all the day long, ABC. And we could remember that. And so when we get into this uh, a little later on as we go through the psalm, and it's going to be a condensed one tonight because I don't have enough time Uh, To go verse by verse. So we're going to go letter by letter and encapsulate that. And you're welcome to make comments, of course. uh, If we mention New Testament ideas connected with this, and there are many, uh, feel free to do that. But I'm going to remain here for the sake of time and for the sake of instruction on this wonderful, wonderfully uh, written Psalm. Uh, Not only written well, but Uh, The ideas presented here are wonderful, and you may recognize some of them, because as we begin in the psalm, he's going to begin with Aleph as being uh, a recitation of how the book opens in Psalm 1, and so it's going to be an interesting study, I hope, and if I confuse you, I don't want to do that, Uh, but if I confuse you, please let me know. Uh, Again, these are are picture symbols uh, rather than English letters. And so uh, as we go through this book, we're also going to see uh, that there are synonyms for the scripture, which I posted up here, and in each one, with the exception of sayings and promises, uh, most of them are 20-plus times written. So just like the Bible the word of God is interwoven in this beautiful poem, in this beautiful instruction to the people, using a puzzle. Now, where are my puzzle people tonight? Mm-hmm, Pointing it wise. How many of you do the acrostics? Anybody do acrostics besides me? That's where you have. It's like a crossword puzzle where you have a clue and then you have letters, and they're numbered, and then you have a numbered series of boxes, and you begin to put letters together uh, to get a phrase. You got to try that sometimes. That's that's not for the uh, faint of heart. But some people have compared uh, this text to being like a crossword puzzle, Uh, but I can also see it as an acrostic, which is what it is. Are there any questions you might have before... I begin. Any questions? All right. Get my notes apart here. I should have used regular paper instead of flat paper. Well, we have 176 verses, 716 lines. A lot of people pass over Psalm 119. It's just too long. I don't want to spend that much time reading Scripture and trying to figure out all of this. But the dominant theme is the importance of God's Word. Those of you who read uh, Psalm 119, who does the writer picture himself here on earth? What does he picture himself as? A resident? What? Someone who's passing through? He's a pilgrim, isn't he? We find out towards the, the middle of the, of the text. What are we? Pilgrims. So this is very relevant to us. And he says the word of God is Necessary. When we would go on our USO tours, each uh, month before we would go, uh, the State Department would send us a book, and it would tell us how to behave in the countries that we were going to visit. It would tell us uh, some of the language and pronunciation of, hello, how are you, or where is the hotel, or things that you needed to know. It would tell you things not to say, things that we take for granted like crossing your legs when talking to someone. That's a no-no in the Middle East. You never show the bottom of your feet and you never cross your legs. It's a sign of disrespect and it's a sign of uh, not interested in what you have to say. As pilgrims, doesn't this book do the same thing? Doesn't it tell us the good things that we should do? Doesn't it give us help in uh, what to do if we do get into trouble? Does it not light our way along this path to reach home? We all wanted to come home. We didn't want to be detained anywhere uh, because of anything, and neither, neither do we. And so this, these elements may seem uh, clustered and haphazard, but it's a very careful design. It's a simple psalm, and it's wholly occupied with praising God for the revelations that he has uh, given us. And some of the subscript you may have in yours, I have the Hebrew uh, subtext in in all of this. It has uh, the keepers of God's law for Aleph and the purity and the fruit of the law for Beth. Hey, is uh, living the Lord's way. It's a guide, and this person, whoever wrote it, we're going to talk about authorship in a little bit, uh, understands that, but it goes back to the very beginning of Psalms, in Psalm 1, in the first two verses, blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And on his law, what do I do? Meditate. Meditate. Five minutes a day. Whenever I feel good. Day and night. Day and night. What a wonderful thought it is uh, to understand and to do uh, only one of these three verses, uh, uh, one of the three verses uh, in here lacks some reference to God. And so this is holy, uh, the Holy Spirit's direction of a praise to God, to His Word, and a glorious thanksgiving that He loves us so that He does, and He has uh, done that. Someone has said. When we read Psalm 119, we have set forth the inexhaustible fullness of what the Word of God is to man. And it is. It is not only a book to be read, to be studied, to meditate upon, to ask questions about, to experience but it is one that is a guide to us in how we are to behave ourselves here on this earth. The same thing we do when we go to a foreign country and we as pilgrims reside in a foreign country. This is not our home. And so it's important as we study this and as we read this psalm uh, that we understand its value. Uh, The law of God must be sought. We have to search for this. We have to have this in our homes, not as a decoration, not as a paperweight, not as some place to set our coffee cup or our tea glass, but as something to be sought, to be looked for in our lives, to be read, to be studied, to be learned, and to be obeyed. So that we find peace and happiness and well-being and security. We don't need the State Department for this, although they do a good job for the earthly things. But God has done so much better by providing everything that he knows we could experience. And so it's a meditation upon walking in God's way. It is a meditation on what he expects of his children. As to who wrote uh, this song. Anybody have any ideas? Well, there are a variety of names you could mention. Some have gone all the way back to say it was Moses, some have said it was Jeremiah, others have said David. We don't know. We don't know who wrote this. Some have even speculated, well, you know, as you start out reading, this is a a young man. Well, I kind of could understand that, but as we go on through the psalm, this is someone who has experienced great learning, isn't it? Someone who's become very familiar with God's word and God himself. So it could be an older man. When was it written? Some have even speculated it may have been written before Moses. Some have speculated maybe post-Babylonian captivity. And it could be either one. I'm not going to say yes or no, but my mind drifts Uh, towards the time of Ezra, reading the word of God to the people and the people learning. But I could also go to Josiah and understand that resurgence of God's law and the understanding and Josiah's attempts, though not fully completed, uh, to establish God's law again. Any comments or questions? Okay, here we go with Hebrew. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, I mentioned that. In Ch- uh, being an Asian language, we said it's a picture puzzle. In Chinese, if you want to write the script for house, you draw the wall of the house, you draw the roof of the house. Then you put a line across to differentiate the roof from the house. Then you put the door, and then you put the wind blowing through the door, and on the other side, man, man going into a house, home. These are the things that we're going to look at uh, tonight and understand uh, the different uh, word pictures. All righty, let me get on key here. We're going to have the Cliff Notes version tonight, and we're going to begin with Aleph. Aleph, as you can see there, it means mighty blessings. This uh, symbol, uh, or this glyph, we're going to call them glyphs because that's what the uh, scribes call them. Uh, It was, as the original, was pictured as an overview of a bull. And a bull represents learning. Uh, It sets the tone for the entire book talking about walking in God's law. And it's talking about how blessed one is who walks in God's law and understands God's law and does it. And he seeks the law, as we said. His ways, testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments, and judgments of God. Holy. He says in verse 3 they also do no iniquity they walk in his ways you commanded us to keep your precepts diligently diligently what does that word diligently mean to you great effort a great effort is being Christ like hard is it difficult at times yes yes it is and it takes effort Jesus said it would how did he compare it to the cross he bore look at the young man who he said who, who asked what do I, What more do I need to do go thou and sell all that, thy hath, that you have and give to the poor what did the young man do He went away sorrowful because he had great riches. When it comes to God's law, for the man who does not search it, for the man who cannot both day and night meditate upon how he has been instructed, how he has been prevented from straying away from God and his blessings, for the one who cannot Lay down at night and recall the day's blessings, lessons, teachings, dangers, and even mistakes. The law of God means nothing to him. And as such, his fruits and the way he lives explains it. Any questions on Aleph? Okay. Beth. We've all heard Beth. What does Beth mean? House of protection. Tell me some Hebrew that uses Beth. Bethel. 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 Huh? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Bethany. Bethel is what? House of God. Bethlehem. House of bread. Okay, do you see how these, these symbols would help you if you were living in the days when this was written and you read that, you could understand, you could remember, you could recite, you could memorize and learn these things. Uh, it's the question that confronts the young. How can one with limited earning, learning and, and experience properly direct his life? We see that today. We see children who have no instruction, who have no parental guidance. What's happening to them? They're destroying themselves and others along with them. They have no guidance as to what is right or wrong, and so they do what they want. They roam the streets without guidance, except for each other. Now, how much does my buddy know that I don't know? Not much. And it's a fool's venture. But Beth uh, is accomplished by heating and meditating upon and embracing in our hearts the Word of God, using it as our guide when we have to make decisions, even small decisions, not always the great decisions, because sometimes it's what we consider the small things that get in the way. Any questions on Beth or House of Protection? All right, again, my favorite one. Gimel. Can you see the camel? Now this is the modern Hebrew. I I couldn't uh, get my keyboard uh, to come across with the classic Hebrew. So it gave me uh, modern Hebrew. But it's still there. The camel. What is a camel used for? Travel. For carrying. When you go into Gaziantep, Turkey, which is is on the Silk Road, they have these monuments of camels and traders heading towards China. And it's it's a a magnificent uh, work there along the highway. And they were important. And so as we look at us as being uh, sojourners, us as pilgrims in this land, uh, he's looking at the object of scorn uh, from sinners and others who hate him, and he he laments over his condition, but also the faithfulness and delight uh, in the testimonies and statues of God, which makes us think of David and others who found themselves in difficult times but learned to trust in God. I have a sinus problem tonight. Any questions on those first three? Okay. Let's go to Daleth. Daleth, God's way is dominant. The psalmist pleads that God will uh, keep him from the wrong way and show him the right way. How often do we go to God and ask Him about that? God, I'm not sure I'm. Doing what I need to do. I'm not sure I'm going where I need to go. Can you please help me? And how does he help us? Through his word. Through the word of God. And from those who are willing to help us and, and pray for us. And he asserts his uh, trust in God. And he says, my soul cleaves unto the dust. Talking about his uh, difficulties that he's having but i have in verse 26 i have declared my ways and thou heard me teach me thy statutes getting back to prayer i prayed and you what heard me how often do we affirm that in our heart after we pray or how often do we say well i'll put it in god's hands whatever happens will happen You heard me. I declared my ways and you heard me. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts so I shall talk of your wondrous works. My soul melted for heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word and remove from me the way of lying. Grant me thy law graciously. I've chosen the way of truth and judgments I've laid before me, your judgments. I have stuck unto thy testimonies, O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Is that how we feel when we're confronted with a, with a difficulty or travesty or a, just a plain old trial? Do we go to God And declare it to him. We talked a little bit about this last week. About being bold in our prayers. About having the intimacy of God as our father. As our father. Our true father. Being able to say like this man here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know why I'm going through this. Help me. I trust in you. I believe you hear me. And I'll wait on you. It's a wonderful thing to understand. We need to pray for understanding the law. We need to pray for understanding uh, and and, uh, ability to pray better. I do that often. I don't always know what or how to pray, and sometimes I'm faced with situations. Uh, I'm just speechless. And so I ask God, and I pray to God, to listen to the Holy Spirit who helps us and, and intercedes for us, to help us in those times when, Lord, this thing is just so big, I don't think I can handle it. Any comments or questions? All righty. Oh. Sure. And I thank you for that because I think all of us, and and, uh, in sympathy with you, heart surgeries and heart uh, procedures—they're very difficult, as are cancer and other procedures. But all of us who have been through surgeries that may or may not come out right, or tests that we go through that may not. Come out right. We have a natural emotion to cry. But overcoming that, sometimes we need that slap in the face that maybe God sent or sends to us to say something. Snap out of it. You prayed to God. God heard you. Why are you crying? And I like that. And I thank you for that. Uh, that story. Uh, I think a lot of times we, we do that. I think we pray and it's like we throw it out into limbo somewhere hoping that it'll catch and maybe God will have a good day today and maybe he'll say okay but if I catch him on a bad day is our God like that? He's constant isn't he? He's just. He's righteous. And, and and that's a that's a good good point uh, for this point in our our lesson. Now hey 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 you better turn the slide, buddy. Observing righteousness. This, this word hey, uh, we'll see pay. But just as a side note here, we talked about jots and tittles. The jot softens uh... words when we get into wa it could become va or fa uh... the tittle which is a long stroke hardens that word the only word it does not affect is gimel. Gimel is always a hard g g it's never gimel or, or another word so just a side note on jots and tittles because uh, christ talked about those but here the thought moves uh to the way that we need to walk. And the way that we need to walk is in the way. It is the way that leads uh, to life. He says, Let thy mercies come unto me, also unto me, verse 41, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. He said, I will speak in verse 46 of thy testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. Can you think of people who spoke boldly before kings? Old Testament and New Testament, certainly. Paul? Peter? Right. And so he's saying in verse 47, I will delight myself in your commandments, which I have loved. How many of us love the scripture, enough to study it, enough to understand everything that we can about it. I will delight myself. And he says, not only will I just read, but I will be a doer. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate on your statutes. Be not hearers of the word, but doers. All right. Let's go to Wa, or Va. Let thy mercies come also unto me. Oops, even thy salvation. I've done that one. Uh, Zayin. Well, I got my slides mixed up. Well, let's go to Keth, which is in verse fifty-seven. It's pronounced Keth. Linda Creech. And and there's two other people, I think, that speak German in here. It's the same guttural sound as in Bach, or Lach, it's Keth. Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said I would keep thy words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to your word. I thought on your ways. What's another word for that? I thought on, on my ways. I considered my ways and turned my feet into thy testimonies. I made haste. When we consider our ways, how quickly do we run to God and confess our shortcomings and make an attempt to get in the right position? How much do we love God's commandments and search them and love them That we strive to be perfect. We strive to daily, hourly turn that rudder to get back on course. And that's what he's doing here. He also talks about in verse 61, the bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I've not forgotten your law. People have done bad things to me, bad things have happened. But still I know where my God is. And he says, I'll rise at midnight to give you thanks. In Verse 62. I'm a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. What's he saying? I love my brothers and sisters who love God. I choose to make my companions those who have the same mind as I have. That do and love and encourage and teach. Any comments? Time's getting away. Heth illustrates how he's been protected by his obedience to God's law. God talks about protection. Children, obey your parents, for this is right. What about length of days? What about heaven? salvation, what about all of these things uh, that are promised to us if we are obedient? Yot Yot is in uh, verse 73 Your hands have fashioned me and have made me They that fear thee will be glad when they see me Verse 74, because I have hoped in your word I know, O Lord, that Thy judgments are right, and that You have faith, your faith, that Thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Yet I pray that Your mercy, merciful kindness, be my comfort. Let my heart, in verse eighty, be sound in Thy statutes, so that I don't be ashamed. Kaf Kaf or Gaf My soul fainteth for your salvation, but I hope in your word. Verse 86, all thy commandments are faithful. They persecuted me wrongly. Help thou me. The world is unfaithful. Our friends may not be faithful or loyal to us, but God is. And in times when the world is against us, God is there, faithful, always faithful. And I love that about God. And I often praise him for it, for being faithful to me. Because whatever has befallen me in my life, God has never been far away. And in whatever trials I've experienced, God has taught me. Taught me about myself, but more about him. And more about my brothers and my sisters comments or questions Okay lamet lamet is God's unchangeable law I am yours save me And again here we see someone who is overcome and overwhelmed by troubles But what saves him His unerring unwavering trust and faith in God God created all things He created all things for the good of man He created man for the praise and love of God to do His will all things will endure through all generations God is He's my rock Comments or questions Getting behind I'll leave that up there for just a second. Mim. Mim is loving God's law. Oh, and he begins in verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It's my meditation all the day. Wonderful. My meditation, my learning, my correction. Mim. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep your word. I've meditated, I've understood your will, and I'm going to do it diligently, sometimes with great effort. And he says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Have we heard that before? I know more than my teachers. We know something that teachers Earthly teachers cannot know the wonderful faithfulness, the love, the grace, and mercy of our Father. He says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. As the word of God came along, he's at a point where he looks back and understands that he knows more now than those who followed Adam and Eve and Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. Wonderful. And in verse 102, I haven't departed from that. Well, I've got about four minutes, so I'm going to go through these rather rapidly. Nun is a light to keep us from floundering. Uh, That symbol represents a fish. And if you look at it in the ancient, it kind of looks like the nose of a whale or or a fish. Uh, The head, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Have we heard that before? Many times, haven't we? Many times. And it is that light in a world of darkness. It's a journey. And we need lights. Samech. Samech. God's Word is powerful when viewed as the singular source of truth. The Internet. How many of the world today seeks truth on the Internet? And how many people are taking all of these silly cures for various diseases and finding out they're poison and they're worse? Or they search various uh things on the internet to gain knowledge of scripture and gain knowledge of uh philosophy only to be let down only to uh, receive empty clouds clouds without rain all right ayin ayin looking for salvation he declares himself to be God's servant and as a servant he asked for his master's protection. Peh. Peh is siding with God. He speaks of God's teaching as being wonderful, enlightening, giving understanding to the naive. Have you ever f- read something or studied something in scripture that you said, Oh boy, how was I ever so far wrong? in understanding that I am and that happens that's the purpose that's the rudder to say hey you're going off course here you better look at the compass again you're about five degrees off which after five miles is about 20, mi- uh, 20 degrees off and you'll never get to your destination side a side the righteousness and purity of God's ways contrasted with the smallness and weakness of the psalmist. When you pray to God, do you imagine His greatness in your smallness? I do. I look at this blob of DNA sitting on a planet which is embodied in this great, vast, immeasurable, unknown universe. And I'm praying to the one who created all that. And he's going to hear me if my heart and my life is right. And he's going to answer. And he's going to answer not what I necessarily think he should answer. But he's going to answer according to his wisdom and his justice, and his faithfulness, and his righteousness. Kupf, Kupf, listen, I cried. I cried with my whole heart, hear me, I will keep your statutes. I like verse 152. Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. God's word, God's wisdom, God's glory is forever unchanging. Three more. Resh, revive from affliction. Resh, consider my affliction and deliver me. I don't forget your law. Plead my cause and deliver me, verse 154. Quicken me according to your word. Salvation is far away from the wicked. For they seek not your statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Many are my persecutors, but in the end, he said, verse 159 Consider how I love your precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Shin or sin, depending on where you put the jot. Shin sharpened by God's word, and if you look at it, it looks like a row of teeth. Jesus offered his disciples peace and foretold of great persecution. And the final one, tall. Once again, the writer expresses ultimate confidence. Mark me for service. This word means to mark or to brand we need to wear that brand that the Lord is going to inscribe on us in that great day on our thighs and on our foreheads, a name known only in heaven, a name of all names, the name of eternally saved saints. Thank you so much for your attention. I apologize for the brevity of of our study, but...